Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Can you hear me and see me? Yes, I can hear you and see you. <laughs> awesome. Finally. <laughs> right. How are you, Manaz? Good, good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. So first and foremost, the most important thing, how is your dentist appointment? Oh my God. <laughs> it's, 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 it's better now. I just, so I have baby teeth still. Oh, wow. Really? They've fallen. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's common. I didn't know. So they have to, one fell off not so long ago at a very old age. And <laughs> the other one is still here. So we are, they just put a screw on there. It's just oh, crazy. Wow. Like he was like screwing stuff in my mouth. So oh my like, God. I guess I'm not going to make it to the, to the, he told me So the assistant was like, yeah, it's fine. You have a podcast. Totally fine. The dentist came like, you won't be able to talk. And You're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Being high was one thing. Actually, I didn't take the meds. So I just uh, passed on the meds. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't high. I was just um, in pain. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. I hope you're feeling better today. Oh, much better. Back to normal. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, you're. I hope you got a, a little a dollar under your pillow for your baby teeth. Do you, do you know about the tooth fairy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, <laughs> okay. we call it the mouse in France. You so call it the a, the mouse? Yeah, it's not a fairy. It's a little mouse that comes to you as a kid. Oh, that's cool. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like ratatouille, but with uh, with money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I want to make sure that I'm getting your last name right. Uh, we're here with Manaz Raizade. 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 Ah, yeah. see, I heard somebody else say it. I think they might have mispronounced it. That's at least that's it what happens. I'm going to go with. So it's Raizade. Yes. It's like okay. the sun rises once a day. So Raizade. Oh, see? see, I should have called you ahead of time, but I like <laughs> it. So we're here with Manaz Raizade, and uh, she's a wonderful artist, a San Diego-based artist. And I guess I know you from Shockbox and a little bit like, I guess you did quarantining with the Chris's, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like a lifetime away. But yes. It was that. a long time ago. Yeah, I was during the pandemic. But yeah, I, I was talking with them and they're like, oh, yeah, we just uh, interviewed Manaz. And I said, oh, yeah, I know Manaz. I mean, we I don't think you and I've ever met in person, have we? No, but the whole Shockbox crew, I am connected to you guys via Instagram and I, with yes. Mike and everything. So I feel like even though we haven't met in person, I feel like I kind of know all of you guys. Right. <laughs> you're part of the family. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with, I, I know you're, you've got a background in France and Afghanistan and San Diego. I know that's all kind of wrapped up into your story a little bit. We always start with the origin story and I just, you can start as early as you want. You can talk about anything you want what shaped you as a human being, as an artist. And yeah, just go for it. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so my background is I was born and raised in France in a very small town called Alençon in Normandy. Um, but both of my parents are from Afghanistan. So I think for the very first years of my life, I thought everybody was kind of Afghan at home and then French at school because I had diff <laughs> different food, different language uh, at home, obviously music everything was different at home and school was just by language was just that was different but also culturally but yeah. for me I never 
I never really questioned it as a kid. I was, we are very well adapted, even though we're the only Afghan family at the time in our town. Oh, wow. um, and fast forward to, I think, high school when 9-11 happened. This is when, because before that, people didn't know where was Afghanistan. We don't look physically. It's hard. Like we can look Hispanic, Arab. So no, and we have a lot of North Africans in France. So no one really knew where we were from. It, but it didn't matter. I n- never really questioned it. I thought it was I thought it was cool. Like we had a different language and different food and my friends liked asking about it. So I always embraced it. Um, and I still do, obviously. But not, when 9-11 happened, this is when people are like, oh, that's your country. And right. I was, yeah, I was getting like weird comments about, it was funny to people, but I even couldn't understand myself because I was so young, like what's going on the, on the side of the world I'm supposed to be from, even though no Afghans were related to this 9-11 event. Um, but all, all of us in our ignorant mind were just like, yes, you look like you could be from there. So we're going to hate upon you. Yeah, it. and it's the media. Like it was, Ben Laden was in Afghanistan. So by default, we were associated. But um, So you were yeah. in France at that time then? You weren't in America? No, I was Yeah, I was in high school in France. Okay. Yeah, I remember, I remember vividly that day. But yeah, so then I, I started questioning things more and then, no, by question, I, I meant by I wanted to understand more where I was from. And mm-hmm. my mom, I'm very close to my mom, and she was great at telling me stories of Kabul and her upbringing. So the Afghanistan that I know is from my parents, and it's all through stories of my mom. And I have pictures in my head of colors of where they lived and their whatever they've done. I have pictured everything in my head, even the smells, because she talks about foods and food. Um, oh, yeah. So all that, I think, comes in my art because I have my own little world of my own identity. And coming to America changed everything again because here, because I, have a, I was now my accent is a little better, I think. But when I first moved here, I had a thick, thick, thick French accent. So I was a French girl. I was not the Afghan girl anymore. I was the French girl. <laughs> so I, it was a whole identity shift, which if you don't, big in it it doesn't really matter like oh yeah french afghan this is who i am but i really i think myself i really tell this i wanted to understand for myself who i was and what it meant to have both identities yes and and i'm still working on it and it's something that i'm doing with i enjoy it i i don't feel like oh like because i'm from so many places i'm i don't i'm not i don't belong here the sense of belonging is that i don't struggle with that but i do want to understand and i want to make sure that I'm able to communicate. Now I have kids. So it's all like, it's not about telling people. It's also about telling my kids. And my art is the perfect place when I can fully be myself and shamelessly be myself, whatever it means to be me, not, not just by country or culture, but also by like my true self as a person. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So do you speak three languages then? I do. I speak so I speak Farsi fluently from the Farsi from Afghanistan. I speak mm-hmm. Fr- French is my most comfortable language just because I went to school there. Um, and English now too. I mean, I'm married to an American, is Iranian American, but I and I live here, so I speak now English. I'm very very comfortable. Yeah. And my Spanish is pretty good. I would say like I'm pretty. Uh, yeah. I'm like I have a uh, three and a half languages. I think. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah my <laughs> wife is uh, from Argentina. So we we have that connection. It's interesting being a transplant. I mean, I know most people from America, actually all people from America, aside from the Native Americans, are originally transplants. So we are a country of immigrants. We we all belong here, you know? I love that. Yeah, I love about California. Me too. Oh, California, especially. Mm -hmm. It's such a melting pot. But do you draw from a lot of this, these different cultural backgrounds in your work? Is that something that you're doing? I know you do a lot of like words and imagery and uh, symbols in your work. Is that all drawing from those different backgrounds? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it just, it's very, when I paint, I'm an abstract painter and it's, it's it, I never think about it. But when I, when I sit and I look at my art, I know it comes from there. And I yeah. love to play on the Franklish. Um, you would see sometimes like Kabul appearing in my, in my art or, and it's, it comes from, like this, if, if I'm doing a journaling post in the morning or a meditation and I'm thinking about being grounded, then mm-hmm. in my art, like sometimes the cities where I've lived come across or the cities I'm, fr- I'm not from, I've never been to Kabul, but it's still in me. So it comes in my art. Yeah. So it's interesting because even though it's, it comes from within and it's me, 
it, I always connect with someone. Someone will ping me and say like, oh, I'm also from there. Or they have some type of connection with the places that I'm from or through any words I put in my art, it connects with my audience too. That's so cool. So you've never been back to, to Kabul? No, unfortunately, I was. my parents moved to France way before I was born. So yeah. I, yeah, I was born in France. And I, I dream of going one day, but right now it's not it's not a safest place for anybody. Right, right. It's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Hopefully someday you'll be able to go and visit. Do you want to describe your artwork for everybody listening? I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but just from the artist's perspective, how would you describe your work to somebody who's never seen it? Um, I think right now the phase I am in, it's very overall, it's very bold. Um, it has a lot of strong wording on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of layers, and but there's a contrast between you'll feel some peace, but also some chaos in my art. And I love the both contrast being in harmony on a piece, like when you can really feel the movement of... S- any human being, we all go through different phases and putting it in one art piece. Um, I think that's that I know that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing, but I think that's also what people feel when they see my art. And that's why it's almost, it's shocking also because I'm also very feminine and, but I embrace my masculine side. Cause I think that's, it's important to have a balance of both. So yeah. that comes across my art too. I completely agree. I love that push pull. I mean, I have a similar thing in my work where it's like a, I always say it's a combination of darkness and light because through my life, I went through some dark stages and I kind of discovered through my work how to become like a happier and brighter person. And that's when my art started to change. So, but it's still there, you know, it's all in your subconscious. Mm -hmm. I love being able to express all that. And I see that in your work too. It's really cool. So I get the impression, like I don't, I don't know you very well at all, (laughs) but um, I get the impression that you are a spiritual person. I am. Yes. And Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something that came naturally into my life. I've always, I think I was spiritual growing up without knowing I was spiritual. Yeah. And without, and almost having. Same. Yeah, it's weird. Like, because at that time it was not, it was not common to talk, to speak about it. And it was not as, now it's also a buzz thing. Like we see it everywhere. Definitely. Um, not a buzz in a bad way, but I'm, I'm glad that it's more, we talk about spirituality and there's so many different channels to express it or to feel it. But growing up, I was, and I was almost ashamed of being that way. I oh, felt like really? I had, yeah, it was weird. It's like, because I would, I would write a lot and it's like, I guess it was journaling, but I didn't know it was journaling. I thought it was a kid by like doing a diary or yeah. I, and I, I shame my, myself, no one else. Like I shame myself for it and I would not fully embrace it. And now, no, I do embrace it. And I think, like, for instance, I had a chaotic week last week, a lot mm-hmm. of moving parts. And the only thing that brought me back to peace was going back to journaling, meditating, and working out. Working out is a big thing for me, too. And it's really, like, calming. Same. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I saw you have a similar daily routine as I do. You get up in the morning and you you work out. I always do, like, a really intense workout in the morning just to... Get it all out, you know, start from, yeah. start with a good baseline and then throughout the day, some meditation. What does your meditation practice look like, if you don't mind me asking? I usually journal first mm-hmm. and then I just, I try and I do it free, uh, freestyle. I try to lay for, I mean, I have, to, I have a toddler and an infant, so <laughs> ju- journaling for sure. And my meditation would be five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes max. Yeah, I, I just try or after it's either like after journaling or after working out. It's just you're stretching, but at the same time, you have time to calm yourself and just Definitely. be still. Yeah, it must be a challenge. But I actually like these micro meditations. I feel like in, in the Western world, it's really hard to sit down and meditate for yeah. an hour. You know, some of these people who meditate for a whole day, I can't even imagine that. I just get little bursts, like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. So it sounds like we're doing something similar, but it's just nice to be able to reconnect with yourself, reconnect with the stillness that we all kind of need as creators to get those mm-hmm. ideas to come into our body, you know? And I, I see a lot of gratitude in your practice yes. as well. Is that something that's important to you? Very important. And it comes from different things. I think being, I've met people and I don't want to judge anyone, but I've met people, not people in my own family. Like You can judge people. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. The safe space. (laughs) But I, I, because of where I'm from and I've been, my family has been displaced and um, 
you want a process to be poor me, like, oh my God, poor, like our country and terrible things are happening. And I, 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 I'm understanding that. But at the same time, I want to be grateful for being the lucky one. I'm the lucky one whose parents made the right decision of leaving a country that was potentially at risk. And it is like now it's chaotic. Yeah. Um, so because of, I think because of that aspect of my life, I'm very grateful for anything that I'm able to do freely today, mostly as a woman, as an Afghan woman. Yeah, um, definitely. And I've got to judge myself of being like, oh, you're too happy. You're not talking about like what's going on in Afghanistan enough or you're not, um, yeah, you're not, you're not like really on my social media. Like some people are expecting me to be standing up for Afghanistan, talking about it all every day and doing things there. But my social media is only for my art. And I think by showing up every day as an Afghan woman who's doing what she's supposed to be doing and yes. fighting for her own like life dreams, I think that's one stance. And also that's not my platform to be speaking about politics. If I do it, this is my, this is my own, like another platform that I, I would have, but not mixed with my art directly. Yes, I agree. And you are just the act of you doing what you're doing and being successful. You're a symbol of that. Yeah, I've had a lead by example for, I've also, I connect with young Afghan women in San Diego mm -hmm. who have just gotten here. I mean, literally fresh off the planes. So being a mentor for these little girls, Oh, wow. um, that's, yeah, I love doing that on, I used to do it for a very long time on a weekly basis, COVID two babies, unfortunately I haven't been able to go back, but, um, that's another one of the thing I aspire to, to go back and then mentor young women, young Afghan women. That's so cool. That's, that's really cool. I look forward to seeing more of that. How, so how old are your kids? Oh, I have, so Xander, the oldest going to be three at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And I have Kai as the youngest who's eight months old. Oh wow, eight months. Yes. And you tiny. And I see you, you're so active on Instagram and with your art. How do you juggle all that? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm okay, first of all, I'm crazy with my uh calendar and my I plan everything. My days are planned. Every Sunday night, I sit down, plan everything that I have to do for the week, dissect it and my kids are very good sleepers. So mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, they're amazing. They're when they're up, they're up, they're active, but they're good nappers. And I also have some help. So thankfully I have help. Um, okay, good. But yeah, it helps me to have a schedule. And for Instagram, I've learned how to be there when I need to be there and also step back and um not always being like in this Instagram hole when you're always checking stuff. Because it's it's easy to sit down there for an hour and just watch fun videos of other artists. There's amazing content. It can suck you in. It can be all-consuming if you let it be. So it's really cool to hear that you have a, a schedule. You get in, you do what you need to do, you get out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you also uh, support your community on Instagram a little bit as well, people who you like and follow. But it's, yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's so easy. It's so easy to just get in there. And then you start watching videos and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then after a while, I find, and maybe this is just me, but I want to hear what you have to say. After a while, it can be one of these things where you start looking at other people's work so much. Even It doesn't matter how confident you are in your own work. After a while, you just start to feel like, oh man, I'm not doing, <laughs> I'm not doing enough. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and we're going to talk about that. I know you got a, I know you got an ebook. So we're going to get into that yes. in a, in a mm -hmm. minute, if you're willing to talk about it. Um, yes. So how long have you been doing? Well, first of all, I wanted to say, I agree with you with having your politics be separate from your Instagram. I completely mm -hmm. agree. And, you know, if you want to do that too, people can create a separate Instagram profile and do that. But I think there's so many people out there who are already screaming into the abyss. It's so yes. nice to just see somebody concentrating on their art. And the cool thing is, is all that stuff is wrapped up. All your things that you're going through, what you're talking about, what you're dealing with are all being poured into your art. You are being political without hitting people over the head with being political. You know what I mean? If that makes I'm, sense. No, I'm glad to hear that because I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. And that's what I try to do as well. And I try to avoid it on the podcast. Sometimes it's hard because we, we are such a news focused, you know, society yes. now. So every once in a while, something will come out, but I, I try to keep it away from that as well. How long have you been doing art? I know you've been doing it professionally for maybe what, three years ish. Yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, four years this year. Four years. Like okay, full time, cool. like full time professionally four years. Yes. Oh, very cool. That's nice. Congratulations. And it's not easy. Yeah. So how, how long have you been doing art? How long have you been interested in art? And maybe you could 
talk to us a little bit of the transition from, you know, just doing art into being a professional artist? Yeah, I think art has always been part of who I am. It's always been around. I've uh, mostly growing up in France, we had art classes weekly. So, and we would go to museums, exhibition, no Wait, matter they what. they have art in France? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, it was part of like, the, no matter what was your interest as a kid, as a teenager, art was just right there. And I've always loved it. Um, I was a drama made in France in high school, we have majors. Mm-hmm. So I was the literature major and a drama minor. And drama cool. was, the, it, it was really cool because it was the art of theater. So it was not about acting per se. It was more about going to plays and really looking at the decors and the acting. So it was really, that was my first, I think, full education in art in general. Yeah. Um, when I, 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 it was like a very intense three years of doing that. And I loved it. But then the classic story, then I went to college, I came to America. And I don't think myself or even my parents would have supported, like, they didn't want to support like my art. And I didn't even know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, That's a pretty standard story. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I did a classic bad of getting a degree and got my master's. And um, I worked in tech in San Francisco. It was really cool. Um, I liked it. It was very creative. I was in product and marketing. Oh, cool. um, and then when I got married, we moved from San Francisco to San Diego. And because I'm a planner, I knew that I wanted kids and I didn't want to, I didn't want to do an eight to five when I go back and forth from my kids and mm-hmm. having this job. So I was like, you know what, let me just stop everything and focus on what I really want to do, which I knew was Right. I wanted to paint. I wanted to throw paint. I wanted to learn more about it. So I did that. The day I quit my job, I think I started doing art every day until now. Mm-hmm. I I paint pretty much every day. If I'm home, like I'm always doing something with the studio, I'm always doing something. Yeah. But it was kind of the transition and it was a scary transition because yeah, I had a full-time job. I knew what I was doing, sort of. I had a I was I had a salary that I was getting every month. But I think my husband was great. As, he's, he, he was amazing at supporting my dreams. Like, listen, like, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid every month if you don't love it. If you take a, a year off, like, it's scary. You take a few months off and see what you can do with this. Yeah. Then run with. And I was very lucky because we're, he's my partner. So it was more about, like, you know what, like, now I can support you for a while until, like, you reach your dreams. Yeah, that kind of worked out. And I was really, uh, I don't know, I loved it all. Like, I loved meeting other artists. I love like you, like, this is great. Yeah. Um, I love taking classes. I still, I, now I, I, I taught a class and teaching classes here and there sometimes, but I love taking classes from other artists because it's not the formal way of taking a class. Like you're meeting an artist and it's a workshop and it's opening your mind on so many new perspective and as an artist, but also as a person. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm, I think what I love about it also is that it's, it's not like you're reaching a position of saying like, oh, let's say you want to be know, a lawyer or a doctor, which are, those are great paths. But then once you reach like, okay, I became a doctor, great. Like, then like, I don't know, like they, this is what they do. Now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. For me, like I love the fact that it's always moving and it's always like something new and you can change your art anytime when like it's just evolving with you. Definitely. I love that too. There's always, you're always moving the goalposts. You know, there's always something to be, as long as you are a, a person of interest, you're going mm-hmm. to be interested in things in the art world in general. There's just so many things that are fascinating that you can delve into. I'm sure you found this too in your own work. There are pieces of your own work of your own paintings where you can go, Oh, I liked what I did here. And then you can do a whole series based off of that one little idea. It's just amazing. It's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. I love to hear that. And are you, how long did it take you to kind of feel like you got the hang of it and you're like, okay, I can see this actually moving forward and, you know, making a little bit of money here and there and, you know, selling your work and just creating and seeing it as a viable option for you to keep going. How long did that take? You think? I mean, honestly, it took me to be confident to say like, Hey, I'm selling this. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It took me a good two years, I think. Yeah, And before that, I'd probably sold a couple pieces because I was part of a gallery here, but mm-hmm. I was not confident enough to speak about my art and also market my art and talk about money because that comes, if you want to be a professional artist, that comes with it. You and, have to, yeah, you have to get comfortable. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that, that took me a while to get there and I'm still, I'm still working on it, but I think I'm definitely 
better at it. I'm more confident. I don't know if I'm better, but I'm definitely I'm more confident now. Yeah. Um, at, at doing the marketing side and speaking about selling my art without feeling like, I don't know, there's as an artist, it's always this thing like, oh, I'm just an artist. I don't care about selling. But it's now it's my profession. So you're a professional artist, so you should be able to sell your art and speak about your art. Yes. Um, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think that that's BS because I came from that. I did art for 12 years and I, you know, I would sell a piece here and there and I was working a job that I hated. And mm -hmm. if you would have asked me back then, if I was brutally honest with you, I would have said, Oh, I'm just an artist. I don't care. But it was more of a rationalization for me at the time. Of course I wanted mm -hmm. to be selling my work. Of course I wanted it to be in people's homes and having people look at it and, and be inspired by it. And part of that is making some money so you can continue on with your craft and also so it can get out there into the world and get into people's homes. So I, I call BS on that a little bit with most artists. I do think there are some people who just love to do art as a hobby and that's great. But if you're trying yeah, to do mm -hmm. it as a professional artist, I mean, that's that's kind of part of the deal, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to, to wear multiple hats and embrace it all. Yes. That's a good segue because speaking of different hats, well, and I wanted to talk to you about your background. You said you were doing marketing. You said you, you know, studied theater. I also was a theater major in college, theater. Oh, art. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I loved, all, I did acting too and all that. But all of those things teach you like a different technique or a different uh, skill. skill. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so what did you learn from marketing and theater and all this stuff that you could put into your practice? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I learned, I feel like I learned so much from, so my, my job in tech for like the last job I had was, I was in the computer and then I was with very creative people in that world like so that really taught me that not to be afraid of using something else in the canvas like if you're on a computer and if you're building something if you want to make your own website or right if you want to have your instagram and all that for product base i'm i'm always afraid of starting but once i get in there i'm like no there's you, you're gonna you, you'll, you'll be able to solve things take your yeah. time you can <laughs> resolve anything. Yeah. Um, so that, and also being in marketing, so in the marketing part, I think that part I, as an artist, I think things changed a lot during the pandemic. Um, Definitely. so I learned most of my marketing skills as an artist during the pandemic, taking learning from art, other artists on different platforms artists that had classes uh, online for just marketing your art and being comfortable doing so. My learnings come truly, they're very recent and I'm trying to adapt to what's going on now because everything has changed so much during the pandemic for artists, I feel. So much. So. And what was the impetus for this partially just because you couldn't go into your gallery anymore? You didn't have the ability mm -hmm. to have the brick and mortar gallery and sell work through there or go to classes and stuff like that. Was that pretty much why you made the shift? Or were you kind of going in that direction anyway? I think I would have I would have gone that direction, but it would have taken me longer because mm -hmm. I was so comfortable and I was part of a gallery here with multiple artists and we had a great group going, but it was very um it was in San Diego. It was in our small town in a, in a neighborhood where we didn't reach as many people as the internet, obviously. Right. Um, but it was very comfortable. So it would have taken me I was already interacting with people, selling some of my art through this gallery. So I don't think I would have pushed myself to do what I'm doing now if the pandemic would have not happened, which is for me as a yeah. silver lining of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and now I'm really happy that it happened for us as artists because we do have more control over our work. Uh, we have direct connection with collectors and collectors understand this world where it's okay. You can buy art through a website or through Instagram and speak to the artist. Yeah. Um, and I love that I've connected to so with so many people, all of my, I speak to three or four of my collectors, like friends, like yeah. we text here and there and they live in different parts of the world, but that's yeah. all thanks to the pandemic and Instagram or whatever other social platform that you're using. It's so true. And I think, I think that's what collectors want too. And I think that's one of the best things about living in this era as artists. I was doing, I started making that transition to selling online about seven years ago. Okay. And I had been, you know, struggling and pounding the pavement. And I was with, I was in a lot of shows. I did a lot of gallery shows. I'd been represented before and it was fine, but I wasn't getting ahead. I wasn't mm -hmm. really connecting with the, 
the collectors that I wanted to. And so when I finally took it into my own hands and started learning the marketing, learning how to do this, cutting out the middleman a little bit, and then mm-hmm. getting into uh, some of these online art marketplaces, it just opened up a whole new world for me. And then it was interesting because when the pandemic happened, it felt like a lot of the people who weren't doing that, it was like a mad rush. Like, oh no, now we got to get online. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now there's a lot of competition. I mean, there was competition before too, but there's even more competition now. But it's also, as you know, being a person who's, positive and abundant. There's more than enough out there for all of us. Definitely. And yeah. it also builds credibility because there's there are many of us doing doing that. And we connect through this platform. So yeah. It's I feel like it gives us as artists much more credibility if, if there are many of us on there promoting, showing and selling. Yeah, I agree. It's a rising tides situation. You know, yes. lifts all boats. Well, so I want to talk about if you want talk about the ebook. I was really excited to to hear that <laughs> you're writing an ebook. It's called the Art of Social Media. Correct. Yes. Awesome. And are you? Well, first of all, you can get this on your website, right? Do you want to give it a little plug first, where you can find it? If oh you're yeah. Interested? Okay. It's uh, it's on my website under mostseminars.com, uh, and then it's on the playbook tab. And I just launched it. A month ago, and I can talk about it if you want. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I would love to hear about it. Um, so yeah, so the reason why I started this ebook playbook is um, because a lot of my artist friends were asking me about how to show up on Instagram and how to be successful on Instagram without feeling overwhelmed by this crazy algorithm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, algorithm. so that I know. Like I always talk about. It. I don't think I don't, I don't talk about it because. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's different for each person anyway. It's not like there's one path, one algorithm path for everybody. I know it's such a like negative, scary words now. It's, it's, I, it's just a word. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't care. We'll never figure it out anyway. So that's yes. great. That's a great outlook because you have a positive outlook on all these things. And I think that's so key. There can be so many things going on in the world, whether that's political or you're part of a group that feels held back or whatever. You're an artist who feels held back. You have a chip mm-hmm. on your shoulder about that. It's all about your your mindset. There is enough out yes. there for everybody. And you know, yeah, you're, you're right. Don't let somebody scare you off of social media because of the all powerful algorithm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to interject that real quick. No, I love that. I agree. Um, but yeah, so we, my artist friend asked me about potentially teaching a class. And then, so I also opened a gallery slash studio about a year ago, actually a year ago with uh, some of my artist friends. So yes. we're called the five and we have this great gallery studio in Liberty station in San Diego. And we decided we were asked a lot to teach classes mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to teach a painting class. I don't want to, right now, it's not something that I was, I'm not ready. I didn't want to do it. So, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to share what I learned on Instagram because I felt like it was such a big struggle for some of the artists I'm around. Um, yeah. So we did a series of five classes and mine was the art of Instagram or the art of social media. Cool. And I did so much research and I put a playbook for my class and I did a very, I wanted to be a very small class. It was five people. And I was like, okay, I have this playbook that I've spent two, three months just researching just for this, just putting it in words. So I may as well share it with everybody. Yeah. So that's why I put it on my website and you have access to it. And it's pretty much everything from creating your social media presence, like having your identity as an artist, what you want to show, who you want to be to the world as an artist. Um, like a brand and, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly yeah. what it is. I like guess branding and also targeting your your ideal customer. So this is the, the, the core key of marketing, yeah. but adapted for artists and putting in into more And for this era world. too, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah. And, and also I think some artists are scared of spending too much time there and not understanding if it's successful or not. So mm-hmm. the, I dissected everything also by how much time you should spend on there, what sh- when and what should you post, how much should you post without feeling overwhelmed by Instagram. Yes. Um, and it, I like it because I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy being on social media. I, I have my schedule and I get a lot out of it for my business. I also connect with amazing people. So I was trying to translate that into a little ebook for artists. That's so cool. Well, first of all, that's extremely helpful. 
but also it debunks that whole myth of social media being this, you know, this horrible thing. I, I resisted getting on social media for so many years and then I finally did it. And then it was kind of like, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a, a struggle for a while. And then I realized this is what you put into it. Like I can have fun with this too. Mm-hmm. So, and it sounds like you have fun. I, when I look at your Instagram profile and what you're doing in your reels, you look like you're having fun with it. And it was like <laughs> a little, you. yeah, it was like a switch when I was like that too. When I made that transition from just doing it as like, oh yeah, I got to post the thing today. Instead of doing that, like, how can I do this with my own brand or my own sense of humor or whatever? And yeah, I love it. Reels? Yeah, it's great. So thank you for doing that. The art of social media. And um, it's, can you spell how you find it online, your URL? It's M-O-S-T-A, Manaz, M-A-N-A-Z.com. Mostamanaz.com. Mostamanaz.com. And there's some great stuff on there. Yes, I love my art. (laughs) Oh yeah, everything. Your story, uh, you can see more of her story, but also I like how your website has different sections like you have p- the petite shop and then you have yes. the bizarre boutique. This is, I'm not going to try to do a French accent just so you know, <laughs> but uh, I like how you, how you kind of separate those because I also find, and I've talked to people about this. It's nice to have different sizes and prices out there for people, you know, just to mm-hmm. kind of get them. Maybe somebody's not a collector and they go, Oh, this is a small piece that I could just, you know, dip my toes in and then they start collecting it and then they go, oh, I love this. And then they come back for a big piece. So I exactly. love that. Yeah. I love that you're mm-hmm. doing that. I love the different categories. And I was combing through your, your resume too. You've really made a big splash on the uh, gallery mm-hmm. scene in the last three years. What was one of your favorite shows you did? And you don't have to say Shockbox. <laughs> no, I do have a special connection with Shockbox though, because yeah. I know Mike is great and I applied to a few shows, Shockbox, and mm-hmm. I didn't get in. And he, told, he, he pinged me. It's like, hey, listen, you were not matching like the call, but then let me know next time. And it, it was great that he was so involved and very nice about it. Like he was not yeah. like, oh, I'm the gallery owner. And no, 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 this doesn't work. He was like very, like, he, it was really nice of him. Yes. Um, so I do feel like I have a special connection with you guys. <laughs> um, For sure. Favorite show. Um, like or favorite uh, gallery, whatever. I know you're with the Ashton Gallery for a while was this yes you were represented by them correct yes i was a mentored artist there so by default mm-hmm. they were also sure art monthly uh, okay. so i always had pieces there but right now I, and not there anymore they're still around and they're a great gallery right now i think i love being in laguna also i have mm-hmm. and i'm more selective now I'm in very few galleries i'm in a small galleries in san diego i'm in a great gallery in laguna that i love and then I am in New York right now in the Hamptons, um, oh, which I haven't cool. seen. Yeah, it's cool. It's called the White Gallery mm-hmm. um, in South Hampton, Hamptons, I think. Uh, I haven't been there. I, that sounds I'm, familiar, actually. Yeah, yeah I think sorry, they have ahead. an Instagram presence, too. Uh, cool. They present cool artists. That's how I found them. Um, but yeah, I like being like coastal, like on both coasts. So yes. it gives me like a presence. And I'm more, I'm more selective now because, because we can. Because you can. exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to talk about that. Yeah. I think it's one of those things too, where you, when you start doing well, and also the transition we're talking about recently with things going online, I think you have so much more options, so many more options and so much more power as an artist. I found, cause like, if you look back over my resume over the last 20 years, I mean, I've done hundreds of shows Wow. and so many of those were just like, okay, this will be good for my resume or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have one piece in this show or I'm gonna have four pieces in the show, but like lugging your work downtown and here and doing these pop-up shows and doing like real legitimate galleries and doing events and stuff. And that's all great and you should be doing that. But it gets to a point where I was like, um, diminishing returns, you know, like is this really worth my effort that I'm putting into this and like trying to get people to come out to the show to see one piece that I'm doing. So I just started to transition more into doing like very selective work as well, very selective Mm -hmm. shows and also focusing more online. It's funny because now when I look into it, I'm like, now I have to force myself to do a couple of shows a year. I'm like, all right, I should probably do do a show. Um, So it's cool to hear you say that you have a little bit of a similar sensibility. Is that because of how well you're doing online? I think it's a little bit of both. I, I also, you have to think about, as you said, like you have to either transport your art or ship your art. Mm-hmm. And I had some experiences when your art comes back broken. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm more selective. And, and there are online galleries, but on, there's also online shows nowadays that are more, they're more common and people 
watch online they look at on like any online shows like they, if they're interested they can go and look at your art too mm-hmm. so yeah a little bit of everything i think i believe in the online art presence and also i have to have my time management on where i want to put my energy to either pack my art to ship or drive my art yeah so i, I think about it before i was i think i was really and i love that's that's also part of the experience as a new artist. Like, I think I'm still growing, but initially I just wanted to be in shows. So I was applying everywhere. It didn't matter. I had yeah. a budget for which shows I wanted to apply to. So I was doing it all the time. And it was ex- it's exciting when you get in. Definitely. Um, and But I'm less focused on that now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's just, you know, a byproduct of starting to do better too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think, and even if you're just, even if you're an artist who's still doing the brick and mortar gallery route, you're going to stop doing like the little pop-up shows and you're going to stop mm-hmm. doing these big group shows that maybe aren't really worth, like if you're going to send a piece, it's going to cost you $400 to ship it. And then, you know, you're in this huge group show where your piece is lost and you're not going to be selling yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. It might not be worth it. Right. But that's a great problem to have. That's a good place to be in your career where you can start making those decisions. Uh, so Tell me a little bit more about this collective. What's the group of five? Is it five female? Five artists, art. Correct? Yes. Five, uh, five women. Yes. Um, and I think I know a few of them. Do you mind telling us the names of the artists? So there's Anne Golombuk, yep. um, Susie Zoll, mm-hmm. Yael, uh, Yael Yan, and then Denise Cero. Yes. Okay, so you cool. probably know them through, I think the sh- it's funny because the Shockbox artists and uh, so we all know each other. These two yes, like the exactly. San Diego and then Hermosa Beach group. I've seen um, many yeah, of them on the Zoom openings and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're, it's amazing to, I'm very grateful for this group of artists because as an artist, it can get very lonely mm-hmm. and you get into your head or you don't have a direct answer to your questions. So having a network that you can rely on, it's amazing from small things, from products that we're using to having a critique for our piece or um, computer things and social media, we always, we always there for each other. And the way it started. So again, during the pandemic, when everything shut down, our gallery where we were mentored in um, at Ashton gallery, yes, it shut, it shut down too, like everything else. So instead of sitting at home by ourselves, we started meeting on zoom weekly, just oh, the five cool. of, it just happened that the five of us, there was 15 of us, but then the five of us really, wanted to do more during the pandemic and it kept going and going. And we had this emoji of a red phone when we had a emergency art question, we'll send this emoji on the text. And (laughs) (laughs) so now we have a real old fashioned red phone on our boardroom in our gallery. Just like we we sit there. So so till now, like starting in the pandemic, we always met on Tuesday mornings online. And now we meet at our gallery every Tuesday and we have an agenda. We did, we did a big opening. Uh, we did. It was a big show for, with all of our art. We we're doing critique nights. We're inviting other artists to come. We're doing classes, nice. and also it's a great place to meet your collectors. And we also paint from there. I don't paint as much there because I paint big and I have kids. So right. the time of me driving there is not far, but it's like I have to think about every fifteen minutes of my life. They all count. <laughs> yeah. So. But I'm there, yeah, I'm, I'm there with the girls and it's it's truly amazing. That's so cool. And and five, and five sounds, it has a better ring to it than 15 for some reason, you know, in the name, <laughs> yeah. like, it sounds better. Uh, so did you find during the pandemic, because you're right about the, the isolation of being an artist. I think a lot of people feel like they're just out there by themselves. And I used to thrive on that so much. I still do to an extent, but um, mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why I started the podcast was because I wanted to connect with more artists and have a little bit more of a community. But um, nice. so it's cool that you're doing that in person, IRL for the younger kids mm-hmm. out there. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, did you find that you, that the isolation was exacerbated and got more difficult for you during the pandemic? I'm, I'm sure you had your kids too, so maybe not, but um, yeah. <laughs> But I know for me, like I, the person who was just like, ah, isolation, you can, whatever, I can, you can lock me in a room for a year. I found even that it started to get to me a little bit. Did, did that affect you at all? You know, it's funny because I'm, um, I'm, so, I'm not an introvert, but I need my space and I love, I could get lost in my studio for hours. I mean, yeah. you're an artist, you, yeah, you know, like we can just be there forever and ever. Yeah. Um, so no, not really. What really got to me was not being able to go back to France. 
Oh so yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, that was really hard. Um, and and having at the time my firstborn, it was a, it was a firstborn, it was a baby baby, and then I got pregnant. I wanted to be pregnant again, so thankfully it happened. But all that like being pregnant and having a baby already a baby also and being at home and not being able to go to France that was really hard and I felt really disconnected from I was wondering I was like what am I doing here I'm so far away from my country and from from my family my whole family is back home so that was that was really hard and I still haven't gone back I'm going back at the in two weeks finally oh nice almost four after almost yeah four years so. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, my wife, it's the same thing. We were scheduled to go for her birthday on, I think we were leaving on March 27th or something. Hey, my birthday's uh, on the 28th. Oh, well, it, sure. Her birthday is actually the 29th, but we were going to go on the 27th, oh, but cool. still, it's still one day. It's, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, happy, happy birthday. Uh, so Thank we you. were all scheduled to go to see them. It was the first time in like, I think two and a half, three years that we had, we're going to see them and we got shut down the week before. And now we still haven't seen them. So she's in the same boat as you. And her family's finally going to come up and see us in uh, in November. So nice, it'll nice. be like over five years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's I, a little better now that we have Zoom and stuff. Like you don't, it's not like, you know, back in the old days, if you didn't see your family yeah. for five years, you, but you were talking on the phone, you'd see them in person. Be like, oh my God. <laughs> what <happened?"> yeah. <laughs> but now we, we still get a, a chance to see their faces and, you know, have that kind of facial recognition, which is great, but it's still not the same as seeing them in person. So I'm glad you're going to get a chance to do that. What about some, I wanted to hear a little bit of uh, some goals you have for your art. Like where do you see your, your art in five years or just, you know, immediate goals that you have? Yeah, I think I want to be, I have some different goals. So I definitely want to keep painting and learning more about myself through my art and connecting with people. So that's something I want to continue doing. Painting larger scale, so I've, I've been going bigger and bigger, and I aspire yes. to do more. I love that. I feel, I feel my best self as an artist when I'm painting big. But also, I go back to small to recenter, which is weird. Like I bounce back, um, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. larger and larger is something that I'm really looking for. I had the goal this year to do a really large piece for, piece for my house, and I, I finished that. I, um, like, see, I don't know if you can see this one behind me. Oh, I love it. That's huge. It's, this is oh, actually it's deceiving. It's, it's like statement. it's um. 60 by 72. So it's pretty large wow. piece, but I love, I'm, I'm the same way. I love it. I, I just wish I had more space. I've got about 10 of them sitting at my studio and they're like taking up all oh, my wow. space. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. That. And then I think another goal that I have, it's actually for, I've been looking and learning about NFTs and this new yes. world, mm-hmm. which I'm very, very curious. I'm very interested. And I'm having conversation with people who are more savvy into that world. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm working on slowly. Um, I are you doing do... that yourself or are you going to be going through some sort of company or collective? Like I have some NFTs up there with a, a company that promotes them. Are you going to do it yourself? Or are you going to do that? No, I'm probably going to do like you and yeah. like work with someone and I'll probably ping you to ask you more about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's something that I'm, I want to make the, the right decision and not a rash decision because I'm still learning about this world. Yes. Um, and I would love to do collaboration with big brands like I've always been a big fan of like big luxury houses I admire like their craft and how their crafts have been around for centuries and um, being from France also it's something that I really appreciate and I would love to marry my art to I don't know big luxury names like out there just for the love of the craft oh I love that that's a great goal How, how fast are you trying to achieve this or does it not matter well, no. Let's I, put it out I there. Mean, Let's really <laughs> manifest this. Like, I want to date. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> NFT, NFT by the end of the year, I want to okay. do a launch with a group. So uh-huh. hopefully that comes around. And it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then for a collaboration with uh, big brands or luxury brands, probably next year, I see it. Um, things are moving slowly, but then they're going th- that direction. And as you said, like, you're also a positive person. so. Yes. And I like this whole manifestation like world too. So yeah, I love it. The way it's going, it's happening. Hopefully in the next year or so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just putting that in out there, putting that, not even a date necessarily, but just being able to see it like it's, oh yeah, this is happening. I do that so often and just, you know, putting, I don't know. Are you a list person? Do you make lists? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm a list for everything. (laughs) 
You're like, yes, I made a list before I got on here. Um, <laughs> what what kind of, is this like a daily list or is this like goals? What kind of list are we talking about here? Oh, Affirmations. I have, lists. <laughs> I have all of them, I think. I I mean, yeah, it's just from like from groceries to affirmation to, so I, I'm organized by my list too. So every Sunday night <laughs> when I plan my week, I think I'm crazy. But that's why no, I love no, my art good. because I'm so structured. I'm never late. I'm always like, yesterday my dentist appointment, I missed our podcast. Yeah. That's very unusual for me. Yeah. So yeah. Unusual. Well, you had a good excuse. Yes. <laughs> 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 so yeah, because I'm so organized, my art and my studio is my space to just let it go. Yes. But um, no, my lists are, they're very, I love my lists. I was, that's something else I was ashamed of as a kid because I would prep everything and mm-hmm. I had lists on my backpack about, I don't know, the things I had to bring to school or lunch. Or everything was ready and listed, but it helps me to function so well to write it down and to cross it off. And I go from, I have an agenda. I'm part also of the CEO club for women. Oh, so cool. It, Yes, yeah, so it's a group of women who are helping each other strive in whatever industry they are in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have multiple different courses monthly. And um, they send you an agenda every quarter. And everything is dissected from you have your personal goals that you write. Then you have to make a list out of it of what you want to accomplish in a month, in a week. So mm-hmm. everything is dissected. So I do this every quarter, every week. I sit down and do it. And the crazy part is like I have it on, written down on my agenda and sometimes I will go on my phone and also put it on my notes. So <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> the more places you can see it, the better, you know? Yeah, and I have vision boards also. That's different in lists, but I also think... Visualization. Podcast, I, but, yeah, I see yeah. it right there. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, these. it's so, so important to visualize. And there's done so many studies. I'm sure you know the numbers about people achieving, you know, had a higher percentage than those who don't visualize. Like athletes do it. Everybody does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important to visualize. And I've talked about that on the podcast too. I actually will sometimes pair a little bit of a visualization with a meditation when I'm getting yeah, into great. the mindset. Yeah, and that's really effective. List, I was not a list person. And then my wife is a big list person. She's like, oh, really? And because for me, I'd like to remember everything, but I found I started to have anxiety because I was like holding too many things in my brain. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and so getting it down, getting it on paper was great. But also you're right, the being able to cross it off. And there's something about just putting it on paper and looking at it. It feels like now that I started doing that, I'm like, I cross off about 80% of my goals that I write down, which is just amazing. So start, you know, working up to 10 Xing those and, you know, maybe you can uh, achieve 80% of those as well. It's really cool. Well, I'll open it up to you. Is there something else you want to talk about? I do a little rapid fire where I ask some questions that I ask everybody, some personal questions, and then we can get out of here. I don't want to take up your whole day, but is there something else you want to talk about or you want to plug before we do that? Um, no, just besides, I mean, I just want to encourage any artist to, because I, some people look, up to us like you and I artists have like a presence online and they think that oh I could never be that person and they're like way above who I am I started my Instagram three years ago two years ago yeah so and and it's not only about Instagram like just follow your instincts your guts they know better if you want to paint just paint if you wanted any craft if you want to do it just go for it do it daily have a small even if it's 15 minutes we all have 15 minutes here and there Mm-hmm. Um, just go for it. Don't look up, don't look at other people and compare yourself with anybody because you can be your dream self. So that's the only thing I want to tell people. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And put yourself into a place of being present when you're doing it and just the joy of doing it. Don't make it feel like it's a something like it's a task that you have to achieve, but something that you actually enjoy doing too. I think that's really important. So we're going to move on. I always ask everybody what their superpower is. Because I think of artists a little bit like superheroes. What is something that you go to? Like, let's say you're having a day. Maybe you don't ever have a day like this, but maybe you're having a day when you're not feeling creative or or let's say you're just overwhelmed and you're like, I don't want to get in the studio today, but you have to. What's something that's a go-to that gets you into that mindset? I'm, I think, is it a superpower? Yes. Yes. I think I'm really good at, if I know I'm in the funk, I'm great at like stepping out. Like I put oh. myself on timeout, but a positive timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I go for a walk or I go play with my kids or I do something completely different to change the energy. Yes. Yeah. Almost like a, like a pattern interrupt. You know, you yes, got and I'm really, yeah. Yeah. Go sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. <laughs> no, I like, this I'm, is about you. So I'm not going <laughs> to. 
<laughs> and you said a superpower. So that's why I think I'm really good at letting it out and recognize it. So I, I know what's going on. I know I'm in the funk and I just leave. It's like, there's no point of me ruining this, this piece of art that I have over here. Yeah. May as well just like leave it alone and then make myself better. That's a huge superpower. It might not mm-hmm. sound like much to somebody, but like if you're doing this every day and you can get yourself out of these funks by, by doing a little reset like that and then get back into it. That's amazing. That's really cool. So any, any tips to people, like what's something that's a go-to like a walk or meditation? Yeah. Walk is a good one. Meditating. I mean, meditating maybe can be, for me, it's harder because I'm on the funk already. So I right. just, yeah, I think working out is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have kids. If you have pets, kids play with them. They're the best. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get back in touch with your fun side. Right? Yes. <laughs> okay. And now this is another one that I ask and don't take it the wrong way. I was as biggest failures. I just mean something that you were trying to achieve. Maybe didn't come out the way you wanted it to. And what did you learn from it? Anything like that that you can think of in your life? Well, first of all, I think failures are great. You need yes. it. It's not all like, oh, I want to try and it's going to be successful. No, it's you, you learn from any, if you haven't failed, like you, you won't like, you won't, you won't grow. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. won't succeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you need to know both aspects also to really enjoy your success. So yes. for me, a big failure. I don't know. Um, because I think this way, now I see my failures as successes. So I don't have one specific one, but I would say what I did for schooling, for instance, I went to school blindly thinking I wanted to be a French teacher. And that's mm-hmm. not what I wanted to do. And I put in four years of my life to that. And I was about to become a teacher something happened like the economy in 2008 and they have, but they didn't have budget for teachers anymore. So it just, right. they closed my program. So I was devastated. It was huge failure on my perspective, but no, that's the best thing that has ever happened to me. I would have been stuck in a pattern that I didn't want to. So yes. in a life that I didn't want to. So yes. that's probably like my, yeah. And I have many of those. <laughs> and aren't those great? I tell my wife all the time, I look back on stuff and I went through some torturous times in my life, just horrible times. And I look back on them now and I'm like, I wouldn't have traded any of them for the world. Like I wouldn't have traded any of them, even the worst yes. times. So it's, that's something that's really important to remind yourself as an artist, if you're like starting out or maybe not even starting out and you're going through a tough time, you're going to look back on this and you're going to say this happened for the exact right reason. So it just takes a little bit of the edge off of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. And then uh, we'll do one or two more Advice to young Manaz. Now, like you can oh, wow. pick any age, like, you know, your 10-year-old self, your 20-year-old self, whatever. Something you've learned now and that you'd like to impart on your younger self. I think, yeah, listen more to your guts. Me, be more confident. Like, just go for it. Don't think about the world around you, really. Just mm-hmm. follow your dream. I mean, don't be selfish, but um, go, just go for it. Like, you know best. We all know best. If we, And there's study around, like, our gut's reaction is really, truly right. Like we, yeah, this instinct that we have is not just a woo-woo thing, like it's real. So listen to it. (laughs) I love it. I feel like you and I are are listening to and and reading some of similar stuff. I just did a podcast about living with integrity. I'm reading this book about, uh, I can't remember, I keep thinking of the integrity cleanse, but the author did an integrity cleanse where they were getting back in touch with just, you know, learning to listen to your instincts, like you're saying, and that core part of yourself and having all your decisions come from there. And she actually got really sick. Like she was chronically sick for many years. I think it was even a couple of decades. And when she did this integrity cleanse, she ended up losing a lot of her friends and her family and stuff, but, mm. but she kind of rebuilt up and all, her sickness went away and now she's just living this dream life. So it just illustrates how bogged down you can get if you're not listening to your true self. And you're the most important, like if it's not, if you're not healthy, if you're not happy first, then you cannot make the the world around you healthy and happy. So it's not selfish. Yeah. So true. Well, I was going to say earlier when you said selfish, even being successful, like if you're successful as an artist, I think a lot of artists think of that as a negative or dirty word, like, oh, successful. No, I'm a true artist. Well, if you, the more successful you are, the more you can give back, the more you can inspire people. So that's the way I look at it. So I'm really happy for your success. I'm, I'm excited to see more from you and, you know, hopefully meet in person one of these days. Yes. I, think, I know you're a busy person. We both probably have a lot of <laughs> Instagramming and painting to do. So uh, <laughs> we can stop there unless you have anything else you want to say. No, I except thank you. No, I, I love that we connected and we have, yeah, I love that we have a similar point of view on things in life. So 
Yes. And it kind of makes sense. Your wife has the same, almost the same birthday as me. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It definitely does. Well, let's keep in contact and uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Manaz. Stick around for one minute. I'm going to ask you something off mic, but uh, thank you okay. so much. Awesome. Thank you. This has been the living artist podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.